Our theme this year, Come Together, I launched it last week. And uh, more than just a Beatles song, more than just sort of like a, an old pop song that is, has got familiar lyrics, um, it's a reflection of the book of Ephesians and Paul's whole thought on what God is doing in Christ through the church God's whole will, plan and purpose. And we're going to unfold it all year. And I'm not going to do a series week after week, but I did want to reinforce where we went last week. We've got Shane Willard, of course, next weekend. And so I just wanted to reinforce where we began before we get too far into the year. So we're just revisiting it again today, okay? And we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And uh, and I gave a bit of a history lesson. We looked at maybe what we see in our society, what we have experienced as individuals on a micro level with the fragmentation of life, how we in life want to build. There is a natural propensity that we have to build our lives to to basically bring things together and make things work for us. And yet we live with this paradox, this frustration of as fast as we can gather it sometimes, it seems to be running back through our fingers. There's a scattering effect in our world and uh, we always seem to be swimming against the flow if you want to build a great life. Is that true? Uh, you are always sort of... Uh, being challenged. And so we looked at Ephesians chapter 1 and it's having made known to us, Paul said, the mystery of his will, talking about God's will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And uh, that's a lot of words to say really, really simply this, uh, that uh, God's will is no mystery, it's been revealed and what gives him the greatest pleasure and what he's determined to do is spend all of time gathering together everything that's ever been scattered in Jesus. There you go. There's the gospel. That's what God is about. That's what he's wanting to do. And of course, last week we looked at it and, and uh, I threw out some examples that we understand this because we have experienced a certain amount of that. When you come to Jesus, all of a sudden, some of the missing pieces begin to fall back together. I hope you've had that experience. You should have had that experience. If you really hand your life over to God, he begins to pull things back together that may have been scattered or fractured in some way uh, by the world that we live in. So that's the good news. God's intent is to bring it, to gather all things together. Therefore, the theme come together. I think we're redeeming culture. I don't care if it was a Beatles song. It was in the Bible first. And so we're redeeming culture, and that's going to be our theme through the year. But of course, when you talk about God doing a work in you and everything coming back together, I think we can all recognize also the frustration that um, uh, even in Jesus, even as a Christian, that scattering effect can still be at work. That principle of the scattering is it's still there. That's what we, I guess, just talked about. And uh the Apostle Paul recognises it this way in Romans chapter 7. He says it very clearly, he articulates this frustration. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. In other words, there's good things I should be doing and I know I should be doing them, but I just can't seem to get myself to do them. And then he says, but the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. 
So I just can't seem to help myself. Uh, I know what I should do and I struggle to do it sometimes and I know what I shouldn't do and I struggle not to do it sometimes. And of course, Paul's alone in this because none of us would know how that feels. Is that true? Uh, and so I want to speak into this today. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, I'm going to outline a major player in this whole come together. If you are interested in God, not only rebuilding you, because last week we, where we ended up was this isn't just about you. That's just a selfish gospel. It just begins with you. It begins on the micro level and God putting our lives together is just the beginning of God using our lives to bring all things back together, to pull literally society, to pull families, to pull marriages, to pull everything back together, to pull nations, to pull his whole world back into a place where he originally intended it to be. So if you want to be part of that, I hope this is going to help you because this is a major player, and, and I introduced this thought just a little bit last Sunday night for our young people, and I want to give it a full treatment this morning in the 25 minutes I think I've got. So uh, the real problem behind sin, that's what I want to talk to you about, the real problem behind sin. And, and I can understand straight away, if you like, switching off, if if you're invited here by a friend and you don't normally come to church, you'll think, oh, no, I just ended up in that church, you know, with that guy. Um, but I want to encourage you. I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to moralise. I think we often fail to recognise the real problems in our lives because we moralise, because we don't understand sin. We just think it's good or bad behaviour. And yet scripture talks on a, on a level or teaches on a level that's much deeper than that. And the understanding of that can actually set you free from the guilts and all kinds of things. So are we okay to go there this morning? Uh, so the real problem with sin, I want to go right back. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 28, the creation story of man. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and, femi- and female, he created them. Male and female. Uh, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, of the birds of the air and every other living thing that moves on the earth. So we've got these few thoughts here. The first one is that man is made in the image of God. Now, as we think about this, I want us to think about original vocation. This is what you and I, every human being on the planet, this is what was originally intended for everyone. You are made in his image. In other words, you are an image bearer, if I could put it that way. You were made, created to bear his image, to reflect his glory, his goodness to the rest of creation. That is our role. So that's why I started in a T-shirt and I even got my surfy T-shirt out so that I looked even more casual because now God has brought something very important to my life. He's given me a job. He's given me a vocation. And now what I radiate is, you know, not my surfy shirt, which I'm most comfortable in, but if I use this jacket as a symbol of the authority, the glory of God, the authority that's been put 
on my life. Have dominion. That is all about authority. And so God says, bear my image and I will give you authority. And we're going to look at what? It's authority to rule. Think about it. We have very real power as autonomous human beings. Now, this was given originally to continue unpacking the plan of creation. And I want to look at that in just a few moments time. We'll get there. But um, the original thought is you have the power to now build. You have the power to build a life. You have the power to build family, community, the world, whatever Whatever you put your hand to, you have the authority to do it, have dominion. And just consider the power that's given to us as human beings, as autonomous human beings. I, I, I was thinking about this this week and I thought, you know, for a, for a young couple at some point, most young couples will sit down or have a conversation that somewhere goes along these lines. Let's have a baby. And they choose. Think and, and we take it for granted. But think about the power in that. All things being well and they're able to then execute. Think about the parent saying, I'm choosing to bring another autonomous human being that will build a whole life into the world. That is incredible power. Even just when someone has the money to buy a block of dirt and then chooses to scrape creation off it and build a house and begin a life, a house where three generations of their family or where eight different families over the course of the life of that house might live and raise children. Think about the power in that first decision. And we often don't recognize the authority. I'm not talking now about people who believe in God. I'm just talking about mankind, the authority that rests on mankind. And then he says to subdue it. You've been given authority to subdue, which actually suggests that it wasn't complete. Now, it's interesting when we say God made and he said it was good, we can read into the text that it was finished. Who's ever known something that's good that might not be quite finished? Who's ever, who thinks that sometimes you're really hard pressed to work out whether it's nicer to eat the cake mix before it goes in the oven? But we read into the fact, we say it was good, we say it was complete. Well, why would God say you need to subdue some things if it was finished? Wouldn't they all be subdued? And so theologians have talked about this and argued over this, and they talk about things like the, the chaos creatures, like Leviathan. Who's ever read about Leviathan? He was a big sea serpent snake and actually came from Babylonian, uh, early Babylonian sort of culture. And these things are recorded in Scripture, but it's like this sense of as man was close to the touch point, to the beginning, he understood there were some things that only God could even tame. It was a world. And we, we have to wonder then when we hit the creation story whether the snake was part of that. Because man has been given authority to 
subdue, to continue the work of creation, to reflect the creator's glory as he continues to unfold his plan through man. What was the problem? Well, the problem was the power struggle over that authority. And so we have another verse further down in the story. And uh, I can't read all the story today, but uh, Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And we know that that conversation ended badly. Man was supposed to exercise dominion over the snake, yet they give their authority away. That's how that story ends. And in doing so, they moved out of their space in creation. And God had to move them out of the garden, which is symbolic of that getting moved out of that space that you were created for because you were messing it up. You had given authority to something else. They were meant to be his co-regents, ruling and reigning, but instead sin enters the world and they unwittingly give their authority to another. This is where we need to talk about what sin means. Is that okay? Are you with me? The creation story, the original radio. And this is the problem with sin because we think sin is about moral behavior. And it ends up there, but that's not what it's about. What we see as moral behavior is just the results of something much, much deeper. What sin is all about, what our failures to measure up is all about is authority. The original word is actually harmatia in the Greek. And it doesn't mean moral failure. It doesn't mean doing bad things. It doesn't mean any of that. It means to fall short of the aiming point. And what I'd suggest this morning is that the obvious aiming point, God made it very, very clear. Uh, Another verse that I failed to read is that then God set man in the garden to tend it. That aiming point was original vocation. Would you be my image bearer and exercise authority to continue unfolding my plan for all of creation? Hamashia, sin, or hamatia, is taking off that authority. And going, you know, God, I'm too busy for your plan. I've got my own way. I've got my own thoughts on how I want to live my life and what I want to do. And, and so we take off, we miss the mark, we reject what we were meant to hit, what we were meant to do, and we walk away from our original vocation. And the problem is, is that we think when we refuse to fulfill our vocation, that it is just like taking that jacket off and walking away. Now, I need a, I need a volunteer. Probably it needs to be a skinny intern, which probably rules out all of the boys this year because they're all about as wide as a pick handle across the shoulders so I, I need, um, yes, yes, please, please come up, Andy, come up that way. Okay, now I'm going to use you as a negative example. Is that okay? Okay, we think you're wonderful, but this is just an example, okay? And so 
we think we take it off and we can rest it somewhere. But actually, there are other things in our world that love that authority and would love to put it on. And now, who has the authority? See, this is my life, thank you very much, and I want to build it. And then we wonder why it's sometimes running through our fingers and we don't recognise the fact that even though we've been given plenty of authority to build it, we are so often and so easy to give that authority away. We don't recognise that something with less than our best interests, less than God's plan for creation, is able to fill that space. And you can see this in so many different ways. I illustrated it this way. Would you mind taking it off again, Ann? It looks fantastic on you. Um, but, for example, now you stay there. Now, if Andy was my temptation to do drugs, we all know that when you get into drugs, you're doing drugs, aren't you? When you start. So, God, I throw off my vocation. I couldn't care less. I want to lose myself and have fun. And drugs are my vehicle. Okay, so along comes drugs. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> so I started doing drugs, and before long, drugs is doing me. And we've all seen it. We've seen you see it with anger in marriage. Start off, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen and all it does is sow discord and before you know it, everything that you tried to build is being ripped out of your hands. You give example after example after example. Sin has got nothing to do with moral behaviour in essence. That is just where it ends up. What it has to do with is who has the power to build do you have the power to build in your life or have you given the power to build away to some other dark force that doesn't have your best interests or God's plan at heart? And when we see it, we see in the New Testament, this is why Paul and the New Testament writers give names to the devil like the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world. Why? Because that's where until the cross that's where the authority sat. This is part of what the glory of the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. Because man for so long had no authority to build. Think about it. We went from dominion and we didn't want boundaries. Thanks, Andy. You're going to get hot sitting up there, but you look fantastic in that jacket. When I retire, it comes see me. Where was I at? Where was I at? I'm right off my notes, so you've got to help me here. <laughs> Laura's excuse was, I was writing the last thing down, you said. Okay, I'll go back to my notes. It's all good. Um, this is where, think about it, we reject the dominion we're given. and We say, hang on a sec, I want dominion without boundaries. Isn't that the cry of the human heart? Think about it. We want to be able to do it our way. And so dominion 
in God's space is then turned into domination of everything. And you see it from the schoolyard bully right through to nation against nation. Even to the point where we exercise, and I guess since the industrial age, we've been able to exercise a certain amount of dominion over the creation itself and make it do what we want it to do and make rivers run the other way or dam rivers or do this or build cities where we want them. And it hasn't always been a good thing because we're not asking the creator about how he wants us to unfold his plan for his world. And so we pillage the earth and this is the real problem with sin. Because when we abdicate, something else takes on that authority. If I refuse to live as I was created to, something that shouldn't have power over me has power over me. You create a power vacuum in your life and that is what sin is all about. That's the real problem with sin. And the good news is, ready for the good news? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, in the result of sin, he made us alive together. There's that word again. I love it. Together with Christ, for by grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And this is what I love about that. Even while you are just lost in your own ways, if you'll let God do it in you, the forgiveness of sins brings authority back into your life. It's literally like, I should get Andy up here again. Quick, 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 Andy, you got to run. Don't run, don't fall, WHS, WHS. Okay, so basically, I've lost all my authority. What Paul is saying right here is, is that through the forgiveness of sins, it's like, were they the sins you committed? Jesus said, I'll take them. Thank you. On the cross, now, Andy, you're me. And I'm Jesus, okay? You're me now. You're me. I'm sorry about that. Should have picked someone with less hair. Okay. And so Jesus comes back and says, I think this belongs to you. And that's what's happened to us as believers. Thanks, Andy. Great. (laughs) My goodness. Come on, let's give a big round of applause to Andy. And so now, because of what Jesus has done, that's why he says he raised us up, seated us in heavenly places. He's brought you back to a place of authority in your life where you don't have to be the victim of your bad decisions, where you can actually stop. You have the power now to choose before you give your authority away. You're aware of how this thing actually works. And if you have a heart to build your life and to let God use you to build others and let God use you as a remedy for a broken planet, then in Jesus, you're seated in heavenly places. That authority comes back on your life. This is why the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins, that was the message of the early church. That is the gospel. Sins are forgiven. And now there's an invitation. Will you step back into what God originally put on your life? And of course, that's always the choice of every individual person. As I said, we're we're autonomous beings. 
And it's our choice. Jesus has won it back. Jesus, if, if you're here today, even if you're not a church person, I want to tell you, Jesus has got your jacket hanging in his closet, waiting for you to claim it. Very, very happy to give it to you so that you can go on and build your life with the authority, build things that last, build a marriage that lasts, build a family that lasts, build generation upon generation. You have authority to do it. And of course, if we see, I think, man, can I just make a couple of quick applications and we're going to, we've got to close, but if you stop seeing sin so that you stop seeing Christianity as some moralizing bunch of people, we live better than everyone else. And we, well, that's just not true. Is it? I'm excited when the church lives moderately better than anyone else. Because that's not what we're intended to do. That comes when you accept the authority that's back on your life. You live different. But if you think this is all about just struggling about the good things you do, don't do, or the bad things you do, are tempted to do, you'll be lost in a morass of arguments about what is right and what is wrong and do good Christians do this or not. And that becomes some people's whole Christian journey. And they're aiming down here when God has said, I've seated you in heavenly places. I've given you back your authority to build and to let me use you to touch the ends of the earth can be changed by what God begins in a heart in Toowoomba. And if we understand this is, this is not about those other things, those other things are important because they can damage you. And I'm not saying live how you want. That's, you, I, if you've got that message, you haven't heard a thing I've said. You've got authority to live right now, but to get the right perspective on it, it changes a lot of things. It changes how we see ourselves. From, you know, I'd say to you, if you're struggling with guilt and shame, can I give you some advice? Don't waste your time. If you're struggling to do it right, don't waste your time. Realise what this is really all about. It's not about being a good boy or a good girl. It's about being a new creation. That's what it's about. That's what God wants to do in your heart. If you're struggling to build your marriage, well, then I'd encourage you, avoid losing your authority in your relationship through poor reactions and condemning statements. Are your finances difficult? And, you know, for some, this is the key. Stop letting your compulsive need to feel better rob your ability to build wealth. And keep giving what God's put on your life away. Carrying credit card debt and all kinds of things just because you can't say no. You just, can you see that that, they're the sins we don't want to talk about. But that's the real result of brokenness. That's the real result of giving authority away is lacking the power to have self-control. And I guess that could apply to so many areas. What about self-image issues? Well, can I encourage you, refuse to be drawn into the need to prove yourself as worthy or acceptable or needed on some level. Just do you, the redeemed you. And walk in the authority you carry rather than trying to create something. Come on, what God's really put on your life is always going to be better than the Insta highlight reel. 
Don't let the need for comfort and feeling good now draw you into decisions that you regret later, whether that's with food or drugs or other substances, relationships. You could just go on and on. You've got authority to choose. It also changes how you see other people, changes how you see yourself, but you stop seeing people maybe who don't profess Christian faith, you stop seeing them as in or out. Are they in or out? Well, tell me who's not in God's creation. Tell me who's not part of this story. I haven't found anyone yet. You stop seeing people as good or bad, sinner or saint. All those divisions go down. We see people either stepping into their vocation or neglecting it or rejecting it or ignorant of it. It changes the way you see people. Some people just don't know what God's got for them. And if they knew, they'd respond. And it redefines our message. Not clean up your act, which has often been the message of the church. Oh, you're judging me. You're bringing shame on my life. That was never the message. Because of forgiveness of sins, you can get your authority back. Jesus will give you power to build your life, to live differently, to stop messing it up. So let me ask you a couple of questions as we finish. You okay out there? You all right? We sort of got there. Thanks, Andy. You never want to see that jacket again, do you? Do you recognize poor behavior, attitudes, thinking, as personally disempowering. Because, you know, some people just accept it. They just go, oh, that's just me. And they fail to recognise this is robbing your life. Carrying a stinking attitude will rob you blind. Behaving badly towards others will rob. This is what Jesus talked about so often when he talked about hell. Not some place of eternal separation, but you will turn your life into a stinking rubbish pit if you behave badly because you're giving your authority to things that don't have your best interest at heart and your life will end up in a pit. So do we recognise it? What do you usually think about when you think about sin, if you ever think about it? I think we all do. Are you thinking wrong behaviour? Or empowering something that doesn't have yours or anyone else's best interests at heart. Because I think it changes the way we view sin. And I think it changes the way that we live. When we realise, man, I do not want to give my authority to these things. I do not want to empower negative stuff in my life. Another question, will you reclaim lost authority by receiving God's offer of forgiveness? It's a simple question. That's all you've got to do. You know, when, when we give an invitation, as I will in a few moments' time, you know, if you're, you're here and, and you want to open your heart to Jesus this morning, maybe for the first time ever, that's what happens. Not, not only are sins forgiven and you're made right with God, but your authority comes back on your life to live the way God created you to live. Everything begins to shift. 
Last question, will you accept your original vocation to bear his image and let your life be a catalyst for the restoration of all things? When I look at that, I think, now that's a better vision than you should go to church. I'd like to say that, but everyone's here, so I'm preaching to the choir. So it's a great day to say it. Make sure you come back next week. But God's got something so much bigger in mind. This is just a watering hole on the journey to the restoration, to God working in all things, working through you in the marketplace, in your business, in your family, working through you to bring restoration and healing and life, things being the way they were meant to be. So I've already preached this, but actually, no, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop right there. So can I encourage you, friend? Use what God's put on your life to build your life. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't let a bad attitude steal one ounce of your authority. Don't let foolish words, don't let substances, don't let foolish spending, don't let your food habits rob your life because that's what it translates to. Walk in godly wisdom and God has an incredible plan that will unfold for however many days are prescribed for you. So I'm encouraging you today. Understand what the real problem is (laughs) behind sin. And instead, walk in the authority that God has given you. Would would you stand with me? Could we just stand here today as we finish? And uh, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for everyone today if you'd allow me to do that. And um, maybe... Maybe you just recognize areas where it's like, God, I need to give this back to you. I've lost authority in this area and I need to give it back to you. And maybe you've just seen something today. That's what I was hoping as I preach. People would just go. I had someone come up to me Sunday night last after preaching this and and they just said, I just got set free as I heard a couple of things you said tonight. And they've been a Christian for quite some time. I think guilt and shame, gone. And an understanding of that's what this that's what this is about. Stop crying over your failures and pick up your authority and go forward. That's what God wants you to do. So can I just pray for us and maybe maybe some of us, you know, understand that you need to respond. Why don't you lift a hand to heaven if that's you? Father, I thank you for the power of your spirit here today, the power of your word to set people free. I thank you, Father, that uh, in you is forgiveness of sins. Jesus, you took it all, all of our foibles, all of our misunderstandings, all of our disasters. You took it upon yourself so that authority could come back where it was meant to be, so that we could walk free. He who the Son sets free is 
free indeed. And in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, as people reach out to you, as people surrender to you, things in their heart. Father, situations right now that they they desperately need to see you move in. Father, I pray, Father, for, for keys to be released, for understanding to be released. I pray, Father, for repentance to come, to turn away from dead works that rob us and to come back to walking in a life-giving relationship with Jesus, walking in our original mandate, our original vocation, which was to reflect your image and to bring restoration to your world in Jesus' mighty name. While our heads are bowed and and our eyes are closed, I mean, maybe you're here and church is not your usual thing, but you certainly recognise, man, um, I have given my authority away. I've given a lot of myself away in different situations. And maybe you're sitting there right now thinking, how can I get that back? How can I reclaim who I really am, who I really once was? Um, and you just you just might be here with us this morning. This message has spoken to your heart. Friend, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came, laid His life down on our behalf purchased our freedom, purchased our forgiveness in that sense. And if you come to Him, there's forgiveness of sins that's guaranteed. And authority will come back on your life and I believe God will help you start reclaiming things that you've lost, parts of your life that you've lost. And uh, if you're here and and you'd say to me, Chris, that's what I want. If, if that's what Jesus does, I know that's what I need. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? on just no one looking around just while we're here that's awesome mate god bless you put your hand down again that is fantastic others come on real quick that's you and we're just going to pray real quick others in this place as i look around not going to prolong it but you know i've always found this is like the most significant moment in someone's life most significant moment so friend if that's you and and you just want to throw the door of your heart wide open to jesus Would you just raise your hand up? Just right where you stand. If you haven't done so already, that's awesome. That's awesome. We're going to pray this together. And uh, if you've responded this morning, just make this your own heart's cry as we all pray together. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I I believe in you. Thank Thank you for forgiving me. me. Come into my life and I'll follow you. Amen. 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 Well, why don't we give it up for folk who made that decision to follow Jesus. Pastor Sue's going to come and maybe just tell you what you could do next and how we could help you. For the rest of us, who's excited about moving in their authority, pulling their life back together so that God, through your life, can pull the whole thing back together. That his intent was that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together all things on heaven and in earth in Christ. I love it that God is into rebuilding people. Amen.